0: All right, Nationals fans, welcome to Nats Weekly. I'm your host, Dennis McDermott. On this week's show, we're going to talk about those injuries. Soto, testing positive for COVID-19. What does that mean in the long run? As well as Strasburg's hand injury. What are we going to do at the number three hole? And was that bullpen yesterday something we should expect to see day in and day out? Five innings, no runs. get into the on the game on the field action Uh, we got a couple off the field things to talk about obviously a little disappointed Juan Soto uh, tested positive for COVID-19 the good news is uh, according to Davey Martinez he is asymptomatic there is a uh, couple rumors going around I don't know you know I can't confirm them but uh, a couple sources have told me that he did have one negative test he needs two negative tests over a 24-hour period in order to be cleared from the COVID-19 injured list Big deal if you're a Nats fan. I don't know how how long you think we can actually go without Soto as our starting left fielder. Hopefully not long. I, I think our lineup becomes very, very soft without Soto. Uh, let's not say soft. Let's say we need other people to step up without Soto. You know, losing Soto would be, you know, losing your losing your best offensive player, which, you know, I don't know how many teams there are, but most of them can't really get by with it. Um, we do have a little bit of depth. We can use uh, Andrew Stevenson. We could use Michael A. Taylor. We could even possibly use Eric Thames in the outfield, maybe. I, I don't know. I know he's played outfield in the past before. Not sure if, if that's really a consideration the Nats would make at this point in time. But um, we do have some options to replace him. Hopefully he gets back soon. We could really, not, not because we could use the bat, but really because, man, you just, you love to see that kid play. Before Saturday's game against the Yankees, uh, Steven Strasburg was scratched from his start. Now, again, it's not a huge deal, but I think think knowing his injury history, it it can be concerning. You know, um, not many—he hasn't had many years where he hasn't ended up on the injured list. So, um, I would think they say he's day-to-day. He's got a nerve issue between his right thumb and his wrist which uh, he said started kind of when he was sleeping or, or no, not when he was sleeping, but it, when his hand was falling asleep at some point. So, you know, it, it is a little concerning. You do want to make sure that you're, you're concerned about the player's health. And I think uh, Mike Rizzo and, and Strasburg himself has done a good job over the years of, of letting people know when he's not feeling 100%. So obviously they're not going to, you know, take any risks at this point. The problem is with the 60 game season, you know, a couple starts missed here, a couple starts missed there. And uh, the team could be struggling. It's it's a pretty big deal at this point because you got to imagine there's only... Imagine you've already played 100 games. Because that's what we're doing. We only have 58 games left. You know, you, you you want Soto to play in 58 of them. Is he going to? No. Okay, hopefully he only misses a couple more days. Um, but there's a possibility he could be continue to test positive and he could miss a week or two if not more, and, and health has to be the number one concern, not not winning baseball games at this point. Same thing with Strasburg. You really hope that he finds a way to kind of get over this. Um, they gave him a shot, which was supposed to help clear it up. What that actually means, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be a medical expert. I just hope, um, as a baseball fan, I, I hope he can come back and he can pitch well. All right, now that we've gotten the sad, disheartening news out of the way, let's kind of talk about what actually did happen on the field. Had the Yankees only played two games, we actually played games. All right, that's a great thing. You know, you never really knew once the season started where we really going to play, but we 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 were able to play games. We played two of them. Went one and one. Yankees took the first one, rain shortened, which it's going to happen in summertime, it's going to happen. It, especially in the D C area, you're gonna get those summer summer thunderstorms kinda pop up. And if you watch the game, it was funny <laughs> funny watching how the lightning came up right when Rob Manford was on. Like that was was that a sign or what? I mean <laughs> I don't know what you guys were thinking during that time was during that time, but I was thinking, Man, is that not a sign that maybe this guy is not doing what's best for baseball? I don't think there's many people that are really fans of his, besides the owners, I think. But I thought it was, it was it was it was humorous that that Rob Manfred got the got the game delayed and shut down. All right, Scherzer pitched well. He he you know 11 strikeouts in five innings. He did give up four runs. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton showed us again that he owned us both both Thursday and Saturday with a hitting bombs you know two bombs. Um, but we were able to come away with the win on Saturday. Uh, we got the win. Finally, ended up being nine to two uh, on a day when. You know, like I said earlier, Strasburg was was scratched from his start, so there was a lot of nerves coming on. But Eric Fetty came in, you know, <laughs> he he pitched well in a game that could have got away from him. You know, that, that's the important thing here. The defense came out and made four errors, four in the first two innings. Four errors in the first two innings. It was crazy uh, how poor we were playing defensively. Now, you can kind of attribute that to rust. You can say, hey— you know, we haven't really taken as many ground ball, balls as we normally do during this time, but they were four plays that we should have made. You know, four plays, including two of them by Trey Turner on one play. You know, um, Castro had a ground ball that was hit to him. It was a rock, but it was a, a double play waiting to happen, and he wasn't able to field it. Howie Kendrick had a, a routine little little throw to, first, to the pitcher running to first base, which is something you work on in spring training, which I don't know if these people were able to get their, their – the reps they normally get in, um, but it made an error there. It kind of, Fetty found a way to pitch around it, you know, which I thought kind of showed a lot with with him. You know, there's situations even when our better pitchers, when that happens, they've really struggled in, in recovering from those situations. But he had first inning, he had two runners on, and neither on one of them got on with hits. He had first and second with one out, and and again, you're facing the big bats of the Yankees, and he was able to get out of it. In the end, um, he he wasn't able to get through five innings, but he did pitch four strong innings. Only gave up four hits, one earned run, which is a, a bomb, a absolute bomb that Giancarlo Stanton hit. He owns Nats Park. Oh my goodness. That man knows how to hit in Nats Park, but he hit a bomb off Eric Fetting. Uh, four innings, three strikeouts, gave up the one home run, threw almost 70 pitches. You know, you're happy with the real encouraging thing with that game on Saturday was the way the bullpen pitched. There's one guy in the bullpen that I think can can have a huge impact on this on this team going forward, and that's Tanner Rainey. If Tanner Rainey can find a way to control that slider, to control that nine, high nineties fastball, then he's our closer pretty soon. Not this year, but if he can control that, he has the nastiest stuff. Out of the bullpen, his problem is always control. He he pitched one inning. You saw the first two batters they struggled, the Next batter came up, uh, four pitch walk. That that's kind of who he is. That's what he. That's you know that's kind of what he does. You know at that point the game you know it was a four to two game I think or maybe even five to two when he came in. It was good to see him succeed. It was you know the one walk he was able to get around that but one inning not much not much uh, stress in that inning and if he can do that then then I think our bullpen going to be just fine you know after that after after rainy pitchy newcomer Ryan Harper came in pitched th- through two innings he, he threw well he, you know he kind of throws um, a lot of curve balls which, which we kind of saw then behind him you kind of had a little bit of garbage time but you know James Burke pitched well and Kyle Finnegan pitched well neither one of them really striking out anybody but they all pitched well enough to at least give them another chance. I don't know where they are as far as the long term is concerned. Their stuff is nowhere near as nasty as the other guys. And I think they're kind of placeholders for for Wander Suero and Rowanis Elias when they come back. But I do see them them possibly giving themselves a, a chance to to continue to be in that bullpen. And the good thing about it is neither one of those uh, days we used our, our back, back three guys. We didn't use Will Harris. We didn't use... Sean Doolittle, we didn't use Daniel Hudson, so all those three are available for Sunday. It is a rubber game against the Yankees, so hopefully we can find a way to, to, to win it. We're one and one, just like everyone else in the East. And and we got a shot to to take a series from the Yankees, which will be pretty big first series. It's something we're not used to. We're used to starting off pretty poorly, so I think uh, I think we'll be excited if we can find a way to, to win on Sunday and, and quite frankly, you know, we can use that bullpen those rested bullpen guys to, to get there. Uh, on the offensive side, we had a few dingas. Thursday, Adam Eaton hit a, hit a first inning dinger off Garrett Cole. Um, if he can keep that back going, you know, kind of continue what he did in the postseason last year, as far as even what he did all year last year, I think I think we're fine with Adam Eaton, you know, hitting second year round. After that, though, Saturday, we had, uh, I think, three of them. We had Michael A. Taylor hit one as Dribble Cabrera had one in his uh 3 for 4 game and then um Victor Robles had a big one early on that kind of kind of really got a, got us going and made us feel comfortable as far as fans watching that game you know they had a bases loaded that's we had a we had a bases loaded situation I'm sorry no outs bases loaded we just got James Paxson out and we were only able to get one run off of that one run off bases loaded nobody out there the Michael King guy I think was you know the the Yankees brought in their reliever Michael King he came in got a double play next batter I think um flied out or grounded out he he, he got he got out of the inning with only giving up one run which was kind of deflating to the Nats and then the very next inning Giancarlo Stanton hit the home run that he hit so we were kind of we lost our momentum a little bit, but then you know Victor Robles came up in the fourth, and when he hit it, you didn't think, you didn't think it was gone the way it looked, but he just barely kept it. it. It was, we are known for hitting home runs off foul poles, and that's exactly what Victor Robles did there. But um, he had a great game. He ended up going three for four, three for four, four RBIs, um, along with a double, single, double, home run. But I think his bat is going to be be the X factor here. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, and again, this is this is an overreaction. Let's let's get into overreactions. Two games in, we're gonna overreact. That's what we do here, okay? As Nats fans, as as any kind of fan, that's what you want to do. As an overreaction, Victor Robles is gonna be the MVP. Do I believe that? No, but I do believe that he has the opportunity to come out and be a have a have a breakout year offensively. And and let's let's talk about this because I'm I'm gonna go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room right now. Um there's a chance Victor Robles could end up hitting third for us. Think about that one. Think about what you saw this week so far. Tell me if I'm crazy. Cuz I don't think I am. I I think there's a there's a world where we see Victor Robles going off offensively and and we need a right-handed bat in the number 3 spot that's can give us more than what Sean Castro is going to give us couple things I don't like about Starling Castro there in that three-hole. He's not a picky hitter. If a pitch is a strike, he's swinging at it. And when you have Trey Turner and Adam Eaton on base in front of you, we need a picky hitter there. Now, don't get me wrong. Castro is great at putting the the ball. His bat on ball skills are are phenomenal. You know, he's not going to strike out much. But when you have runners on base, that's not necessarily a great thing. You're going to have Turner on. You're going to have Eaton on. You're going to have Castro hitting in double plays. You're going to have him swing early in counts. I know it's a, it's too early to react like this. I know it is. But but my feeling is Starling Castro is going to be the guy. Is not going to be the guy in that number three hole when Juan Soto comes back. I don't know what it is. I, I It's a feeling I have. And, and it wouldn't be crazy for me to see Victor Robles do it. Now, the, the one problem that does is that kind of limits... You know, those guys' speeds, that, that, that's why you don't want, you didn't want Soto hitting number two behind Turner because now Turner steals a the base, they work around Soto. But I think if Howie Kendrick can continue that to show that he's just a professional hitter, I think teams are going to be leery of walking Soto. You know, if you have Turner, Eaton, Robles up one, two, three, then I think you run into the situation of, go ahead and let him steal. Go ahead and let him walk one Soto because our number 5 hitter is Howie Kendrick and he is a professional hitter. That's what the man does. That's what he's done his entire career is get hits. Call me crazy. But I I I'm, I'm not sold on, on Strong Caster. I know we're 2 games in. He did hit a triple that kind of got us going yesterday, which which is a good thing, you know. Obviously, you, you you like to see that, but I don't I don't know what it is. I just I don't see him sticking at that number 3 spot. Speaking of other things I didn't like in that three-hole, but my man's got to keep his helmet on. Starlin, my my man. That helmet. I keep seeing you take it off, and I see that hair, and it just makes me want to laugh, man. I, I I The hair's great, but it sticks up way too high for the helmet. <laughs> the helmet doesn't even sit all the way on the head. Look at him when he's up to bed. The helmet's, like, above his head. Oh, my gosh. I... I I'm excited to see what you can do, Starlin Castro. But man, give me, give me, give me a either a bigger helmet or let's find a way to to get the hair down a little bit so so it's not holding the helmet up. I, I mean, I like the hair; it's creative. I'm worried every time you swing the bat, your helmet's going to come off. Though, man, got 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 to see if we we can we can either get get a a, a deeper helmet or or what. Cause I don't, I don't think this is something that Star Castro normally has as far as the long hair, but we'll, let's it's only two games then. Maybe we'll be able to improve that. All right, last thing we're going to talk about before we get into the preview of this week coming up. I, I know most of you most of you probably watched the games, but I was very impressed with the way the broadcast sounded on on Saturday. The one on Fox Sports. Now I'm I'm still waiting to see you know FP Santangelo and Bob Carpenter bo- broadcast. But the one Saturday, the fan noise was perfect. If my eyes were closed and I didn't see, I didn't know that fans weren't there. The boos that were coming out when it was a bad call by the umpire. The groans that happened when there was a fly ball that was caught by the Yankees. It seems like Saturday, we got it all figured out with the fan noise. Thursday, I was a little skeptical. When I first started listening on ESPN, I was like, what? It's just more annoying than it is actual sounds of the game it seemed like they were cheering when yankees got hits and they were you know doing all this stuff that didn't seem to make make much sense and it didn't seem like it was it was legit legit fan noise but the one the one on fox yesterday and i know it's the the stadium they kept saying his name the the frank somebody i think who was keeping control of that i got he did a fantastic job fantastic high fly ball hit to the outfield fans are cheering and then it's caught, and then it kind of kind of groans a little bit, which which is what you really see, you know. I I love there was one call, there was one time where a pitch was made, I think, it, and I think it was to maybe to Howie Kendrick. It might have been. I don't I don't remember. Maybe as Dribble Cabrera won of them, and it was a close call. It was a close call, and the ump called it a strike, and the batter looked at the umpire like. What kind of call was that? And next thing you know you hear over the loudspeaker a bunch of booze. Like that's what you want to hear when you when you're watching baseball. That's what you want that emotion that that goes along with the game. you know that's part of the love of the game is, is the crowd and the energy and the passion that they have, both good and bad. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that the umpire made a bad call. I'm just saying that's part of the game. That's part of the reason that we love baseball and and i think if they continue to do that then then it's going to feel as much as, as close to a real baseball game as as we can make it feel now obviously with covid-19 going on you're going to have uh, a lot of things that are going to keep it from feeling real but i think the idea is during that 3 hours when you're watching the game on tv you're as close to normal as possible and i think i think what these players are doing is amazing the ones that are here i think i think the the work they're putting in is is I I know they play for the game and I know they get paid for it and a lot of them are making millions and millions of dollars from it, but I feel like you know this right here is the beginning of normalcy to me. It's getting us back to where we want to be as a nation instead of worried about COVID COVID 19 and and the issues those are going to cause. It gives us a little you know two three hour escape from that. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I I enjoyed it so much. I can't wait for the next 58. And with that said, let's talk about the next seven. All right, obviously we finish off the series with the Yankees. Trying to get a big win this week. I think it'd be huge to go ahead and win that first series against the top team in the American League. And I say top team with quotes around it because uh, they might be the top team in the American League. But a lot of people forget we are the defending champions. We are the defending champions. Don't you forget it. Okay, we got Corbin on the mound. You know, hopefully we can we can find a way to... Uh, to to scrap out that that first win. If not, you know, it's okay. We do have four against Toronto. Two of them at home, two of them on the road, but all four will will be played at Nats Park. Okay, Toronto, I'm sure most of you have heard, they've had issues with Canadian government said, no, they cannot come back and forth between the United States. So they've had issues finding a ballpark to play at. They're eventually, from what I understand, they're eventually going to be going to be playing up in New York and Buffalo uh, but until that's ready, until that's set to go, they are going to be playing their home games on the road. So our first two are scheduled to be home. So we'll be the home team Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. We'll be on the road. I think the goal with those four games, we got to take three or four. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if Strasbourg is going to be in that rotation at that time, but I think we got to take three or four in that series. Toronto's a team that we got to take three or four from. We have to win those series. Then we turn around and we travel to Miami. We'll have a three-game series against Miami. Friday and Saturday will be on this week's episode coming up. I I see us. I I think we got to go seven games. We got to go. Not we got to, but I can see us going. We definitely have to go above 500. I think the goal should be 5-2 this week. Seven games. Six of them. Yeah, six of them against, we'll call them poor teams. Teams that definitely are not better than us. So if we can find a way to win f- five of seven, I think that'll put you know they will put us at at six and six and three. We'll be in a great spot, especially in a sixty game season. You gotta have that. You gotta have that. Um, if you have a fast start, you you set yourself up. You can't you cannot have a slow start. I know that much. You don't have to have a fast start. It's good to have a fast start. But I know you cannot have a slow start, and I think in all in all honesty, that's the crazy thing about a sixty-game season. You're gonna have managers try some different things, especially people who aren't in the hunt. You're gonna you're gonna play whoever's hot, and I think that's good for the Nationals. You know, as Dribble Cabrera hit the ball well yesterday, three for four, he hit a home run. Is he a guy who needs to be in the lineup every day while he's hot right now? Yes, I think he is, and it can be at third, it can be at second, it can be at DH. I don't think it really matters. I think he is someone who has to find a way, I'm sorry, I think Davy Martinez has to find a way to keep whoever has a hot bat in the lineup. You can't sit there and, and wait for someone to get hot. Now you, can, now, now, you got Soto, you can wait. Victor Robles, you can wait. Trey Turner, you can wait. Adam Eaton, you can wait. But when you have replacements at all all of the other spots who can get hot, and if they are hot, they need to be in, be in the game. They need to be getting those at-bats. We don't have time to be 19-31. We do not have time. It is 60 games. We got to find a way to win. All right, that's going to be it for our show this week. Make sure you tune in every Sunday. Uh, Sunday is when our, our podcast comes up. We take a look at the previous week, preview the, the following week. Follow us on Twitter, at Nats Weekly. Otherwise, I'm your host, Dennis McDermott, and let's go 1-0 today, baby.